Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Thirsty Thursday on Old School, 937 the Ticket, the 402-464-5685 is the Sarder Heyman text line. You can reach out to us, say hi, say what's up. Please do feel free. Add your comments, questions. Otherwise, in that space, uh, the chats are open, so we'll, we'll see everything and we'll get to it. Uh, the Sarder Heyman Live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter Live, so you can see what's going on in studio. Jay Foreman, Hall of Famer, let him know. But the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients and Butcher Shop located at 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. Jay Foreman, uh, before we get into sports sports, uh, we finally got Jay down in the space, in the new spot. To actually get him in the space, it'd be the casa that you know Foreman built. Like, <laughs> like we get to, we get yeah, to. I, I, wish I, I don't think it was about that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the space, right? So right. you get some idea about why we're excited about what we're doing going forward. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. They got, you know, a lot of good things. It's, uh, it's spacious and it's a great location. So it's going to, you know, be active and, uh, you know, the mill will be in there. And so it'll be a combination of, uh, you know, obviously a little bit, you know, obviously updated what we got going on here. And then obviously with uh, the attraction of the mill and to be able to do some business down there, you know, as well. So that's, that's, what, uh, that's what it's all about. It's going to be one of those days. We were talking earlier about this Huskers football roster, right? There are currently 103 people on scholarship. Yeah. The magic number is 85. Yep. Do you know the timetable on when they have to get down to 85? No, I'd assume it's by um, spring game probably. No, no, no. The spring. I mean, that's they're, they're, they're you're already in the spring semester, so that you know these. It's I imagine by the time you uh, open up two days or whatever fall camp, so that stuff will take care of itself. I mean, they're, where they're at. I mean, yeah, sure, it's a little high, but with the amount of activity that they've uh, these coaches, this new coaching staff has ha- had, and and uh, you know, amount of turnover, you know, as far as them going out and you know, almost getting to what thirty nine new players if you count bets and igc coming back um you know that's what you expect but you know it's 18 guys and and uh you know i'm assuming even more than that we'll probably realize you know whether they're you know they realistically have a future here at nebraska or really don't and so you know the pressure now falls back on the coaching staff to fairly evaluate all the guys that are both new that are incoming and then the guys that are presently on the roster because regardless of what what you say this is not the time to sit back and think that we need two or three more years of misery. You know, you got to have fan, a fan base that's uh, in wait and see mode. Um, definitely aren't going to, you know, dummy down their expectations based on the paycheck of people. It's not fair, but that's just the way it is. It was the same way when, you know, I think that 
you know, Scott and those guys came in and, um, you know, coming after Riley and, you know, told her we need to revamp the, the weight program. We need to get bigger and stronger and get, you know, and then we had to re do a about face to where, you know, a lot of our skill position guys were too small to last in the Big Ten. So they had to kind of do a mini reset as far as the type of guys that you recruited. So then that puts you behind the eight ball and then COVID hits. And then next thing you know, you're right here. So, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to expect you to win. And when, you know, at this point in time with the amount of turnover that, uh, that, that's been had as far as the coaching changes in the Big Ten West and finally getting over the hump and beating Iowa right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, your expectations are amplified now because, you know, you play Iowa, I don't know, however, time, however many times they, you know, beat you in a row, I think every game but one of them was 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 it was within one score you get over the hump this year um a lot of the culture changes a lot of the the culture was changed during the season on the fly same with the expectations internally and so now it just needs to be amplified and and, and you know i don't look at it as a rebuild but again i'm not the coach so um i look at it like more like a you know reshape or reform that's the way i like to look at it now you know obviously with a lot of things and, and, you know, without a lot of people there, you know, connected to, you know, the winning ways of Nebraska. So I guess in that way it might be a rebuild, but I think as far as on the field, you know, when I look at the schedule, I don't see, you know, why not six wins, but maybe, you know, I look at it like a lot different. Um, and maybe I have the belief that in this coaching staff, regardless of the age of some of the coaches or the experience of some of the coaches, that if you go and work hard, and you continue to develop guys with the with the amount of support and time that you have, and then compare your opponents. Mm -hmm. That's where I come up with it, and maybe that's just the way I just operate. You know, I you know I know some people think football is super complex. Some of the things that goes on with football is complex. I think that's when you the more complex you make football, besides you know coaching and, and teaching and 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 developing football players. So all the additional complexity that you bring into the football program is why you suck and how you can suck for a very long time. I think the complexities when it's kept separate than what you need to do to be the best football team, football staff, football support staff, athletic football department. If you can separate those two, that's why you see teams to continue to be year in and year out solid programs. And then, you know, like say, if you want an example, which, the famous words of I-Course, we know we can't measure ourselves against Iowa. So when Iowa has a super-duper bad year, down year, and they win seven games or whatever it is and or barely miss the – you know, or go to a bowl game but don't go to the Big Ten Championship when all they had to do was beat Nebraska, if that's your bottom, then you're working – you know, then you're really cooking or cooking with some peanut oil. But when you separate, you have to separate it. And when you – football, yeah, in a lot of ways can be com complex because there's a lot of moving parts. That's the way it's always been. Now, you know, I could argue with you playing quarterback back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s is a lot harder than playing it right now. So I could argue that it's not that complex because you don't get, you don't, you guys don't get the signals or, you know, they don't have long plays. Everybody's looking to the sidelines. They don't have a lot of reads. You know, it's usually one, you know, with the RPO game, it's either, you know, one read and go. Now that makes the defense a lot more complex because, as a linebacker against an RPO type of team, you're not really thinking of trying to make plays. You're trying to get the offense or, or the quarterback in this case to do something that they don't want to do, right? So essentially it comes down to fits. Now, 
it's complex because you have to change your mindset. But at the end of the day, it's no different than than going against a power scheme where you have to fit correctly or a gap scheme or a trap scheme or something like that. Now, um, that could be sort of, sort of complex, but there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes on. But I think when you have everything aligned, I think the complex complexities then generally, um, you know, dissipate or aren't as big as factor because the best football teams are able to be laser like focused on development, right? Both young guys, medium guys in their tenure and older guys, and then also developing the coaching staff, developing your culture. Then it just kind of goes in and it just kind of just, it's like a, it's like you got a pot or a big, big, uh, you know, bucket of water and then it's continuously pouring into one, pouring into other, pouring into other. And then it just comes into a, you know, flood on the field. And so the faster that you can do that, then, you know, you will just kind of, you know, be turnkey. Does the phrase, the coaching phrase, get old and stay old apply to power five football, to Nebraska football? You wish, uh, but Nebraska can't, you know, really, you know, to be honest with you, when you really think back again, you don't want to really, you know, well, you know, you don't want to hammer, you know, Scott in their tenure. But mm-hmm. also, let's be realistic. They were they were given the given the runway or the leeway to make this roster extremely young, right? And and after I think their first year they did. It's like you know you stripped it, and a lot of guys left the program. So you be you went from I guess say a on target type of you know, continuously to have some veterans with younger players, you know, as you should be, right, to an extremely young team in a veteran conference that was starting to take off on a national level and you were fighting an uphill battle um, from the get-go. That's not that's not Scott Frost and those those guys' uh, fault because that's the that's the plan that the AD at that time, Bill Moose, and Scott Frost, that, he was okay with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so that's why he had what a seven year contract because that's what you're doing. You're essentially starting over and getting it to build it to you know your way the way you want it. Now, if he could forecast that, you know, COVID would hit or you know the thunderstorm on the first game, I can guarantee you he would have went about it a different way. But that's the but you can't fault somebody with making the right decision at that point in time with the you know elements of that decision making that he had. You can't forecast COVID. Because when you're a young when you when you when you go to a very young team, it'd be like if I was a high school basketball coach and I was just coming in starting a program and I was like, you know what, I got some really good eighth graders, so I'm gonna bump these guys up to J V and varsity and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna take our lumps, but by the time we're seniors, they're gonna be some dudes. Right? So that's fine. Then COVID hits. So now we're not able to practice. I'm not able to not able to develop those guys. They don't have any support, you know, away from the program. And then now I got to still play some veteran guys that are ready-made. And then now my job's on the line because everybody's had a whole year or however long we were inside, essentially, to watch every YouTube, you know, clip of me not doing well with a bunch of young guys. And if you want another example of it is when um, uh, Graham Mertz had his coming out party against all the freshmen, you know, that were at Illinois. They got they got blitzed, right? He all of a sudden was the first was supposed to be the first pick in the draft at Wisconsin. Well, four years later, Nebraska goes there in a must-win game and gets d- demolished, and then Brett Bielema comes in the next year, or that with that first year Brett Bielema with Lovey Smith's guys that were young. It's the same freshman group that Nebraska went up there 
and put in work, but they were like a freshman all-star game, all-star team, just made of Illinois players. So that's what that's the way it goes. And so ideally, yeah, you'd like to have seniors, juniors, sophomores. Oh, I know it can start, but we're not there yet. We don't know who's going to play what. That's what I was looking at. Looking at the roster today, I made a statement for a podcast that you're going to need a roster card to watch the spring game because you're not going to identify half more than half the players who are out there. Like you're going to have to look down and go, okay, who's who's this? Who is that? Well, the best thing in the if you're a player, get out there to where people got to constantly check that card. Well, yeah, and, it's and, a chance it, to be on display. And, and if you have a number, if you're a number, if you're a guy that's already been on the roster, you better make sure that you ain't a guy that he was like, where is he at? Because if you're a where, where is he at guy, you're going to be like, well, well, well where is he going? Because you're going to be in the portal. He'll end up somewhere else. And that was a big, I mean, look, that, that was a big thing. There, that even at worst case scenario, 18 players who are currently listed as scholarship athletes on the football program will not be a part of the program in, in two months. And that's that's a that's a powerful thing. It's well, an that's unsteadiness. A whole, that's, that's a, when you think of it, it's a it's a number wise a low number recruiting class, right? Say like, say you went heavy on say say you went twenty five or twenty six one year, mm-hmm. and you said you know what, you know we're 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 an older team. We only go. It's a recruiting class that's gone. Now that's what happens when you lose, when you when you don't have success. But what people don't understand is, like, when you hire a head this is what the – I mean, I'm telling you, man, like, when you become a head coach, you are essentially the president of a athletic de- – football athletic department. There's a lot of people that depend on you to make the right decisions because if you don't, there is a lot of collateral damage that happens and people's lives are changed. One day – one day we'll talk about – that thinking because if you're in, if you're the ceo of a company and the president you call a president to meeting and you're paying him 105 percent of, of of the going rate for presidents uh of corporations but you're only he's only generating 25 percent effective uh production he wouldn't be president for long <laughs> he well, wouldn't yeah, be I president mean, for long but when you don't do your job there's people that actually are doing their job that no longer will have a job mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with you. It's and there's nothing and, and you can't fault somebody. Like if I went into, I don't know who, let's say I took over, I don't know, Iowa state. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, well, I mean, you know, DP in Austin, you ready? You coming? Like if I went up, like, you know what I mean? If you're starting a new radio or something like some, like a Dan Patrick show mm-hmm. where he left, you're you're coming, mm-hmm. yeah. The guys were there. You might be good, but these guys are coming. It's not really their fault. But then that, that's the sad part about the the big time sports and who you ride with. Man, who you ride with matters. We're toward the break. Kevin Meyer, Meyer Cork and Bottles here. It's Thirsty Thursday. We'll let him pop a bottle. Let's get this thing cracking on a Thursday. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.